I'm Paul Wiegraf, Director of the Delaware Division of the Arts and your host for today. Joining me in the studio today are two representatives from the Center for the Creative Arts in Yorkland, Delaware, the Executive Director, Terry Foreman, and President of the Board, Ralph Kubler. Welcome, Terry and Ralph. Hello. Thank you, Paul. So great to have you here. Um, Center for Creative Arts is one of those wonderful gems tucked away in, in a little enclave in northern Delaware, Yorkland. Uh, Terry, let, let's start for a listener's sake uh, with a little bit of the, the history of the Center for the Creative Arts, how it got started, what was the vision for what this organization was to be? Well, from my understanding, it was started by Marilyn Proctor back in 1979-80 uh, time period, and I obviously didn't know her, didn't have the pleasure of meeting her, but um, we do have the history uh, posted at CC Arts that people can read, and uh I believe it was a, a group of artists that really wanted to have a place in which art could be presented and also uh, art taught and shared. So uh, I think that was kind of the nugget that got it going, and it's flourished ever since. I mean, it's really been around for a long time, which is a lot to say about any art organization. And it's basically, correct me if I'm wrong, a, a, a multidisciplinary community arts center. Absolutely. So visual arts would be kind of the mainstay of it. That's the most of what we do. But there is a performing arts aspect, too. We have uh, a theater there that uh, people can see plays and uh, learn acting and you know, take art acting classes. There's also uh, private music lessons being taught there. Uh, we do have music performances from time to time. We have a, a, a weekly open mic night. I'm uh, not weekly. I'm sorry. A monthly open mic night every third Thursday, and we invite the public to come in and perform. So uh, we really try to cover all the arts in every way that we can. Mm -hmm. Now. Uh it, it it also occupies a kind of a unique space. You're you're in a repurposed building, correct? Yes, it's an elementary school from 1932. It's called was the Yorkland Elementary School, and Yorkland being such a small town, this was the hub of the community back in the day. And when uh, the, the MVF plant was in full swing, and you know there was factory workers and families living in the area, this is where they sent their children to school. This was the center of community activity. Activity, you know, PTA meetings and picnics and potlucks were all taking place at that school. So anybody who's ever had any history of Yorkland uh, has lived there at any time or worked there, they would all know where this school was. This was the center of the community. <laughs> and we like to think that we're still that for a lot of people, but in a very different way because arts is our focus, not not regular elementary school activities. Now, I know you've been a, an important part of the Delaware arts community for a number of years, but you're relatively new to Center for the Creative Arts. Uh, uh, 2016, I believe you came. That's right. Uh, what What is your knowledge, or Ralph, I know you go back farther than that. What is, uh, how could you talk about the sort of the, the growth, the evolution of the center over time? I think with any organization like this, uh, it's always, it's a dynamic process. It depends on who's involved at any given time, what the emphasis is. If people come forward and they have a certain interest in a certain art form, they're going to put energy into that. And then you're going to see more offerings in that genre. So 
like right now, we have someone on our board who's very interested in uh, uh, sound production and, and, and theater support. So he's been a strong influence on our theater program and on our open mics. He's really uh, brought us up a notch when we do concerts. He's giving us top-notch sound enhancement. So that's happening because of an individual and their interest. And I think that's what happens in most organ- art organizations. If you have people with a specific interest or passion and they come forward and they contribute, they volunteer, they serve on the board, they teach – uh, all of a sudden, you have the benefit of that knowledge and that passion being shared with everyone. So I think CC Arts has uh, uh, really enjoyed a lot of different kinds of artists over the years. And there's some, definitely some some individuals there now that have been there for many, many years. And it's great. They have a following and uh, they've established a, a level of professionalism that we can feel proud of. And uh, it's it, it evolves based on who comes forward and who wants to get involved. And there's always an open door for people to come in and, and get involved and jump in. Now, let, let's pursue that a little bit. Uh, I, I think CC Arts is a great example of a, a lean operation. You have a relatively small paid staff, but you have a very active uh, recruitment of teaching artists to come in and, and do classes, uh, but also a pretty solid volunteer base. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. I mean, we really couldn't do nearly what we do if we didn't have volunteers. One good example is our summer program. We have a very busy summer camp schedule, 10 weeks of summer camp. And we have a, uh, a intern program for high school kids. So kids between the age of 15 and 18 come in throughout the summer and help with all of our summer classes. That adds up to about 40 kids that come in and do that. We could not really run the summer program as well as we do without their support. So it really means a lot to us when people come forward to volunteer. Our board, of course, are all very active volunteers. And then we have uh, other volunteers that come in and help with special events. Uh, they come and help with cleanup day, or maybe they'll do research for us to work on special projects. Um, an organization like Center for the Creative Arts could not exist if it did not have the number of volunteers that we have. I mean, we have a, a lawyer as an advisor uh, to us that does a huge amount of, of work, legal work for us, which is great. If we had to pay for that, I don't think we could. So we're very lucky. We also look for people with handyman skills. Yes. Since we're in an old school building, it's it's endless the number of problems we run into. It's a building we own, and uh, fortunately, through a lot of um, grants in the Delaware Division of the Arts, we've been fortunate to keep it pretty well maintained. But like anything that's old, even your own home, something's always breaking down or going wrong, and Mm -hmm. we find that uh, electricians and plumbers are in high demand and Mm -hmm. we always look for anybody who has those skills Mm -hmm. if they're interested in helping us out it would be appreciated let's um uh, related to that ralph uh talk a little bit about the the location in in yorkland i can can do that (laughs) when i've been on the board for over 20 years now and one of the first things i learned about it is we're in what's called a 500 year floodplain site And uh, that basically means you're likely to have a a serious flood once every 500 years. Well, we also have a problem in that the school was built over a spring. So there's constantly water running underneath the building. Mm -hmm. And we have a couple of sump pumps in the furnace room that pretty much run seven days a week, pumping out groundwater that comes in and immediately goes out of the building. But uh, in 2002, we suffered a flood that was one of those 500-year floods. It completely shut us down. We had floodwaters three feet high in the classrooms. Mm. Entire basement was filled. It took us about eight months to recover. 
And thankfully, the Red Clay School District was gracious enough. We had the H.B. DuPont Middle School nearby. They allowed us to continue holding our art classes in their classrooms in the, in the afternoons and evenings when the school was out of session so that we didn't lose that revenue while we were rebuilding our building. But since then, we've made tremendous improvements to it. The building's been entirely waterproofed. We closed off all outside uh, access venting and everything that allowed water to come into the building. And we even have floodgates around the major entrances. Fortunately, we haven't had any floods that we've had to use them, mm-hmm. but they're there if we should ever have another 500-year right. flood. <laughs> but it's been, it, that was a challenging time for us. And, and we also wanted to thank all of our um, uh, vendors who, uh, during that period, while we were collecting the insurance money and uh, working with contractors to rebuild it, everybody allowed us to have a spread out repayment schedule of mm-hmm. our bills. Mm-hmm. We paid everybody off. Nobody ever lost a dime from us. But uh, we have good vendors that stuck by us, and we stick by them. Mm-hmm. And and the building is is it the White Clay Creek? That's right. The Red Clay Creek. The Red Clay yes. Creek. Okay. And that's what right happens nearby. is there's a series of dams, and in order so that downstream the neighborhoods don't flood, these dams back the water up. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. We're the low spot up by the fourth dam. Okay. So when it backs up, it, it fills up our property. Got it. The other interesting thing is the water doesn't sit there long. If mm-hmm. there's a flood, it's always after a major rain uh, period, and it's there for a couple of hours. It get, rises very high, but then it disappears there, immediately. It, it rises quickly, but then falls exactly. quickly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah. you know, the building's usable 99.999% of the time. <laughs> right. right. Uh, so, so, I mean, I think that probably demonstrates uh, the the uh, an important role that volunteers play. I, I would imagine they you had a pretty active volunteer base during that. <laughs> Absolutely, time yeah. Absolutely. Uh, now, in in terms of the uh, the location, uh, Yorkland is not a heavily populated area. Where do you draw your participants from? I think the majority are coming from Hokessin, but I think also, I mean, behind us in our backyard is uh, Pennsylvania. Really, mm-hmm. we're so close to Kennett Square, mm-hmm. so I think we're definitely drawing from that area as well. Uh, Wilmington, uh, let's see, Wilmington, Greenville, Newark. Centerville. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it, it draws from a pretty broad it's area. A, it's about a 10 to 13 mile radius. Okay. We're right next to Hokessin. Mm-hmm. We're on Creek Road. Uh, Route 82, mm-hmm. and uh, it's kind of countrified, country countrified, if that's the word, yeah. where we are, but uh, because we're so close to Hokessin and how that area has grown over the last 30 years, a lot of young families, it's really allowed our summer camp to grow tremendously over the years. Mm-hmm. Now, is CCR a membership organization? Can you be it, a member? Yes. So we do have a membership uh, program, and we don't require people to be a member to take a class or to come to an event. Of course, we uh, love it when they join. We mm-hmm. want the support. Uh, and people, uh, if they're a member, they get a discount on classes and on admissions. So there's an incentive there to join. And of course, people are supporting us, and we love that. So great. Yeah. Well, I want to get more into uh, the classes and some of the different offerings you have, and how people can find out about it. But first, let me remind our listeners that you are tuned into Delaware State of the Arts here on News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV. Our guests in the studio today are the Executive Director of the Center for the Creative Arts, Terry Foreman, and the Board President, Ralph Kubler. 
Uh, Center for the Creative Arts, uh, uh, really a, a wonderful organization up in New Yorkland serving uh, the northern Delaware and, and southern Chester County populations uh, out of Pennsylvania. Uh, Terry, let, let's go into some of the, the range of, of classes and where you get your teaching artists from, how you recruit them, and how you reach out to get participants to to uh, take part in these opportunities. Okay, so that's two sides of, of our of our uh, profile, and one is students come from all over the place, and they're all ages. So during the day, we tend to be pretty busy with retirees or people that are don't work during the day and can take an art class. And we're getting more and more of those classes running, so it's great. We're seeing a, a huge influx of, uh, I would say, people ranging in age from 30 to, to 80 coming during the day for painting, drawing, pastels, ceramics, uh, glass, uh, fused glass, classes like that. Uh, then uh, in the afternoon, we have a, uh, we're getting a very busy after-school art club thing going. So we have three days a week where we have art clubs. Saturday mornings, we have art classes for, for the younger children. And then in the evening, the place comes alive with just a full range of classes for teens and adults. Uh, everything from drawing, painting, pastels, digital photography, to a full theater program. You can take uh, improv. You can take uh, adult theater classes. And then there's also uh, ones for teens and for children's, uh, children as well. So it's pretty much anything you can imagine you can study and take at CC Arts as far as the classes. Uh, our teaching artists come from all different backgrounds. We try to get people who have a degree in teaching if possible. Uh, the times that we make an exception are if there's an artist with an advanced knowledge of a particular subject and they wish to teach adults, um, then we are happy to have them and, and have them as part of our staff. Um, all of our teaching artists are, are considered vendors. They're separate businesses and they come in and they get to design their own classes. And if we think it's a go, we think it's something that our audience wants, then we approve it and we put it in the schedule and hope, hope it flies. Um, our class sizes tend to be pretty small. They're typically under 10. Some of them are as few as five or six. Uh, most of them around six to 10. Uh, so there's a lot of individual attention. No one gets lost in the, in the sauce, so to speak, mm -hmm. in a class. Mm -hmm. And uh, lots of hands-on activities. Uh, we have really good equipment. We have an incredible ceramic program, pottery wheels, kilns. We have fused glass program. Uh, so we have, we have really, we're lucky to have really good equipment, really good facility and pretty much anything you'd want to study, you could probably find it at some point over the year being offered. And throughout the course of the year, you have a number of exhibitions of both, I believe, member art, but also juried art that's not necessarily members, correct? Right. We have two big shows a year. Every spring we have an annual members show. Uh, this year, the opening reception is April 18th and the show runs until May 31st. And we uh, have these shows in our auditorium where we have a hanging display system and, and lights. Uh, so that's members, which would be members, also teachers and students are allowed to participate. In the fall, we do a regional art show, so membership's not required. Uh, and we're attracting artists from Delaware, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. Uh, and that's a very well-attended show, too. Both of these shows are juried, so we do hire jurors from outside the area to come in and make the selections. And the work is often on display for four to six weeks, and it's open to the public to come in really Monday through Saturday to come and see the work. Now, is that in conjunction with your holiday craft? Because I, I know I've been to the holiday craft. Yeah, there. that's that's a totally different thing. That's a standalone okay. event. That's always the weekend before Thanksgiving. Right, okay. Saturday and Sunday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., and we have somewhere between 40 to 45 artisans from around around the 
really they're regional, but we have we did draw a few people from far away. We had a New York City artist last year. We had some people coming from the Maryland Shore. So they're not all nearby, and so there's no regional exclusion. Anybody can apply. Um, it's a great show. People really look forward to it. Uh, we get probably about a thousand people over the two days coming in to shop. The artists, a lot of them are repeats, but we always get new ones too. And uh, it's a great opportunity to buy for the holidays. And or if you're a collector, come in. There, there's a few visual artists that do paintings, uh, sculptures, things like that. It's really a nice show. And I know you have a wonderful opportunity coming up in early June for the general population to come and, and see the Center for the Creative Arts, as well as learn more about Yorkland. Yorkland Day coming up on June <laughs> 2nd, correct? Yes. Tell it's us a- about that and the role you're playing and what that is really showing about what's happening in Yorkland. So if people are curious about Yorkland, that's the day to definitely come and see everything that Yorkland's about. Because anybody who has business happening in Yorkland are, is a part of Yorkland Day. Uh, CC Arts has partnered with uh, Delaware State Parks and also Auburn Heights, uh, and then other local businesses like Dewpoint Brewing, which is a great little brew pub that opened up a few years back. And we all partner together at Yorkland Pool, too. We all partner together to create a really fun festival for the day. So it's Sunday, June 2nd, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. It's free. Uh, and we're spread out. As small as Yorkland is, we are spread out. And so we have buses that will take you from location to location, and we don't charge for that. And everybody uh, puts on a show, so to speak. We have a live music stage. We have uh, a dozen crafters. We have uh, art activities for kids. Um, Yorkland Day itself, the other the other participants, they do uh, merchant booths. They have uh, Jungle John comes and brings his reptiles. They have pony rides, face painting. There's probably seven or eight food trucks. Uh, they are talking about having a 5K race this year. Um, there's a uh, photo display of Yorkland Then and Now, which is fascinating. So, uh, Auburn Heights put that together. It's incredible. And people love seeing that and talking about the old history. They have historians there to talk about mm. the good old days. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dew Point serves beer and has cornhole and you know all these games over there, frisbee golf and all that. Um, they have live music as well. It's a great day to visit Yorkland. You can uh, go from spot to spot. Uh, Auburn Heights does their steaming day, which they do so well. So they have train rides, and you can see their steam cars on display. They have Woodside Creamery up there serving ice cream. It's just a great, fun family day. The first day we did it, which was three years ago, uh, we had, I think, 1,500 people. We were surprised we had drew that many. And last year we had a few less because it was moved to July. It was a very hot day. Mm-hmm. But now we're back in June. It's going to be great. <laughs> it was 98 degrees. Yeah, yeah. We were so, year, so hot. Everybody found a place to sit down. Right. Enjoy, Ice cream was a big seller. Ice cream. Cold beers were It was like creamery was happy about yes, it. Yeah. they were very happy. <laughs> so um, this year it, it's moved back to June. And really all downtown Yorkland is very pedestrian f- friendly. There's mm-hmm. um, The state parks has done a great job of building paths to connect all the locations. Yeah, so. the, well, I was going to say, let's talk about that. I mean, the yeah. transformation Yorkland has gone through in the last yeah, five, ten years is There's over six miles of hiking and biking mm-hmm. pathways that the state has put in, connecting Auburn Heights with the Center for Creative Arts and the main NVF site, which is right across the street mm-hmm. from us. Uh, Auburn Heights has that miniature railroad. Right. I forget yeah. what gauge it is, but it's, it's like, I think, one-fourth scale to a real train, but kids mm-hmm. take rides all through the through the um, estate, which right. is fascinating. Mm-hmm. 
at Easter time, they also have Easter egg rolls up there and mm-hmm. everything. So mm-hmm. they do a lot with the community. Another big attraction, in addition to their steam car museum, is they have a miniature train museum, mm-hmm. and that's all free. And it's it makes for an inner. If it's so, if it's real hot, you go inside and check out the museum. And they have a steam car museum too. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Largest yeah. collection of steam cars in the world. Yeah. Wow. And and many of them are operating um, operating. And on Yorkland days, you can you can sign up. It's free to get uh, to ride on one of the original steam cars. They still maintain them and drive them around. I was going to say, in some of the local parades, you'll occasionally see one of those steam, yes. yeah, steam cars in the parade. Well, they bring yeah. them out for that day for right. sure. Yeah. And so they display their cars and they and they do the startup. It's mm-hmm. like a big thing, a startup mm-hmm. of a steam car. And, and because we're that. so par- close to Hocus, and it's actually a, a hor- Hocus in Yorkland day, to so right. speak. Right. Yeah. And right. one of the things CC Arts is known for, we always put a big float in the Hocusson Fourth of July parade, okay. and we've been the winner or finalist for many years now, and it's all floats that are put together by the students at the Art Center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, I, I don't know if I've asked you this. Uh, you've sort of alluded to it, but how can our listeners find out more information about CC Arts? Well, uh, we're proud of our website. We update it frequently. I'm on there probably twice a week, uh, at least twice a week, making changes and putting new information on our homepage. Uh, so that's really the best way. Go visit our website. You'll see our classes, our camps. Everything is there. Uh, the ability to register for classes is there. Uh, we have an active calendar there that we post all of our events. So if you ever want to know what's coming up, you can always check it out on there. We use Facebook pretty heavily. We have three Facebook sites, uh, one for the organization, another one for our uh, open mic night and then another one for our craft show so there's always uh photos being posted there that gives you a really good idea of what we're about visit our website you can also call us we're we're open six days a week give us a call we'll give you information over the phone come in and stop in public is welcome to visit every day we're open 9 a.m to 6 p.m monday through friday and saturday 11 to 1 so people can come on in we can give them a tour show them around and answer any questions they may have yeah, Paul, our website is ccarts.org. Our office phone number is area code 302-239-2434. And as Terry says, any day of the week, you're welcome to stop by, come in. We'd be happy to give you a tour and share with you all the exciting things going on at our center. Mm-hmm. Great. We've got about 20 seconds left. So any final words about Center for the Creative Arts? Uh, come visit. You'll be surprised at what you see. It's a hidden gem. You'll be glad you came in. And once you come, you're, you're going to want to come back. And I want to thank the Delaware Division of the Arts, because without their financial su- support year in, year out, we couldn't do it alone. <laughs> yes, that's well, for true. Well, Ra- Ralph and Terry, thank you so much for joining us to talk about Center for the Creative Arts. You're so welcome. Thank, thank you. you.